Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 87. 87, you believe that? We're already at 87. We're not far from, we're two weeks away. No, that's not true. Not quite. Not quite two weeks away. Two and a half weeks away from 100. That's crazy. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey. Good to be here. How's it going, Brooke? Tanner, I want to know, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. We are recording October 31st. Mm -hmm. This is Halloween. Mm. Uh, Oh my gosh. I was going to add that as a (laughs) uh, scary little note in post. Now you don't have to. Now I don't have to because it's been uh, provided for us. Uh, Tanner, I want to know, if you have not already, tomorrow... November 1st. I know where you're going. Are you decorating for Christmas? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Will the Christmas tunes be on, or is it just decoration? Oh, Christmas tunes were on when I left church uh, Sunday. Unbelievable. Christmas tunes. Um, I mean, okay, it's different. I'm planning a Christmas uh, worship set, so I have a, oh, so not a, like, I have an excuse. Not buble or anything like no, that. No, no, no. It's like it's like I'm I'm looking for Christmas stuff because I, I gotta <laughs> I get a threw that up. I gotta get a buble. Uh, Mariah Carey. Is that know. who you listen to? I don't know. I'm like thinking random songs. I could have said Alvin Bing Crosby. Chipmunks, man, come on. <laughs> Seriously, um, your kids are young enough. That's what you have. Yes, you're forced to listen to. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's uh, no. Uh, uh, my wife and I we have a plan already in place um, <laughs> where tomorrow, as soon as school is out. Um, the all of the Christmas decorations will be out and ready to go because tomorrow night we are have, decorating. Have you already started? Like you can tell us. You can no, I wish. This is a safe it, place. It, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. If I had not been sick this last week, you would have. We would have already started. Yes. Yeah. Kids come knock on their doors like ho ho ho. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, I it's, dressed it's, up as Santa this year. What? <laughs> no, it's um. Bad yeah, I, 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 I'm one of those people that I'm like, Halloween, Thanksgiving, they're all holidays that happen in the Christmas season. Okay. You know, that's what I'm, I'm I get Thanksgiving so, so, a little so bit. So when does, when does Christmas season for you actually start? Start yeah. Christmas season? Yeah. Uh, is that like a as, September thing? No, it's as soon as the fire... Like after Labor Day? It's as soon as the fireplace comes on. Is it Labor Day? I don't even know. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's more related it's to It's more related to weather, all those types of things. I just When the weather becomes I don't frightful. like Halloween. I don't Outside. I just I don't like it. I don't <laughs> and it's not even from like spiritual I it's not anything that has nothing to do with that. It's just I have never liked it. So um it may have, have something to do with growing up with my uncle. My uncle is the fire chief in Randallette, Oklahoma. He's that little small volunteer fire department that he's actually done a really cool cool thing. But he has started a haunted house for the last 20 years. I was going to say, like, your family does haunted house, They right? have done this huge haunted house called the House of Carnage in, in Oklahoma, <laughs> which is happening tonight, by the way. And it is like, I think growing up with him, like, I, n- I never had a chance to enjoy this. Like, I was always terrified of Halloween <laughs> because he, it's his favorite thing to do is to scare the absolute mess out of his family. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking like if I was talking to my therapist, that's probably what would happen is your uncle ruined Halloween for you. But I mean, from early on, early age, we were watching all the Halloween movies. Uh uh, And I mean, like Halloween, we were watching Saw, we were watching all those weird stuff. How old? 
Um, probably 10, 11. Wow. And so you're, we, so we you're made not the choice. completely traumatized as We made adult. the choice this I year. I mean, maybe I am. I just don't know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just haven't decided yet. Yeah. Uh, we made the choice this year to protect our oldest a little bit more mm. because she got invited to this party that they were going to, uh, they were going to go to the, uh, some haunted house, like insane mm. asylum or Saint, in, I don't know, insane Andes or something like that. Oh yeah. They were going to go. And so they were just like all excited. Oh yeah. We're going to go to this haunted house or whatever. And, and we were like, oh, okay, hang on. Yeah. Now, hang on. Like, do you understand what that really means? Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, there was the back and forth because she didn't understand. Uh-huh. And then one day she came home from school and she was like, okay, so we watched the trailer at lunch and I don't think I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I know. You yeah. were going to be horrified. Mm-hmm. I can share a very similar story. Our youngest uh, was invited to go to uh, like a, a haunted house type thing. I was a maze or something. And um, I confess, she's our fourth. And so we've just become yeah. more and more, less and less protective. Right. Um, mostly in a good way. We've just loosened up quite a bit. But it, this is one of those bad examples. <laughs> and... Um, she came home later, but before she got home later that night, one of the moms, three moms took these kids, you know, <laughs> and not, not one of us was there. Carrie and I didn't go. And one of the moms texts me and says, I am so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm horrified because they went to this outdoor thing and in, for the most part they had fun, but evidently there's this huge screen and they're simultaneously showing a horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I didn't get the details other than to say it was a, you know, adult rated R horror movie. And she said there was this scene that pops up and, um, I won't describe it on the podcast, but it was not something you want your kids to see. Mm-hmm. And she screamed and the moms made all the kids, these are all 12 year olds turn and face the other way. <laughs> And, um, and so, which, which of course, as a parent, we all know that makes your kid not want to see Absolutely. It. It's, it's reverse yeah, psychology. Course, oh, yeah. right. Oh, but I she don't comes home. Here's, oh, here's yeah. the funny, here's the only funny part. The funny, she comes home and I'm like, Hannah, are you okay? Like what happened? And she goes, what? I'm like, I, I got a text message and did you, did you see something you want to talk about? Something you shouldn't have seen? And she goes, are you talking about the boobs, dad? Like that's oh, all God. she said. Oh, that's it. I'm like. Is that what you I saw? Don't, I don't goes, know. She goes, I only saw for a second. Um, and I'm like, and and I don't know. I live with five women. So that issue, not really, not really <laughs> yeah. what I'm worried about. Um, but that's, that was it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, we just got to be a little more careful mm. about Halloween. Yeah. You know, like. Ugh. Yeah, long way to answer I'm not a big, your question. I'm not a big fan myself. Uh, if, 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 if I hadn't been down this week, uh, yeah, Christmas, at least the Christmas tree would be up. Yeah. Um, Christmas, but it's like, not, yeah, my wife yet. doesn't. She's not. Shelby's not one that just like does a little bit though, right? Like it's she, all, it's, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah, so yeah, we ended up with a whole lot more spider webs than uh, I remember us having <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> a week ago, yeah, yeah. all uh-huh. over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I was just curious because mm-hmm. um, we did we did the trick or treat thing. Um, you know, it was it was not quite the like insane Andes or or whatever like haunted house type mm-hmm. thing, but we went to the uh, trunk or treat at First Pres and First Christian. Oh yeah, yeah. Know, it's still pretty scary, but um, I'm just kidding. It wasn't at all. <laughs> um, but you know, like <laughs> they had ponies. You know, little little pony rides. That sounds awful. Go yeah. in a circle mm-hmm. and. and <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, I mean, they had like my kids had to wait in line for like thirty minutes 
because there's a ton of people there. Of course, and wait, yeah. And, and it's a slow process or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they finally get up to the front, and Kendrick is just like, that was the greatest thing ever. No, I'm oh like, dude, you sat on a horse that looks like it would rather die than That's be right, there. That's right, than be there, yeah. And you <laughs> went around in a circle like three times, and then you got off. And he just thought it was the greatest was thing awesome. ever. And Zoe was like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's and, a win. You know, it's fun. So, so okay, so I'm curious. We, we, did, we, did that. We, we went to that, and we came home, and... We had dinner and, and whatnot, and then um, so we'll, we'll go sports adjacent for just a moment. Sports just, adjacent, just I me. like that. Yeah, um, I want to get some nostalgia, right? So we we started Sunday night. Um, we turn on uh, Sunday night football because the kids are all sorting through candy and whatnot, and I don't care. So I'm um, I'm not going to eat any of it. So uh, mom has already taken her her mom tax and. Uh-huh. So I turn on football. Her mom tax. Uh-huh. That's funny. Uh, so we turn on football and and it was like for for. One of the first times in I, I don't know how long, um, years probably, I actually turned it on before it actually started. And so we got through the, we got the the Carrie Underwood um, waiting all day for Sunday night song oh, or whatever yeah, yeah. that happens before it. How's, that, I, how's that go, Brooke? I, I don't know. I don't remember it. Um, it but I remember <laughs> I was thinking, okay, well, Faith Hill did this first. and But really, if you want to go back to it, like before all of that, they're just trying to recreate the magic that happened with Hank Williams Jr. and Monday Night Football. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm back tracking. in the day. I'm tracking. So Tanner, you may not be old enough for this, um, but back when I was growing up in the '90s, like that was the thing. Like Monday Night Football was the deal, and it started in like 1989. And so I just wanted to, the nostalgia of going mm-hmm. back to this mm-hmm. moment, you know, because I'm watching this and I was like, ah, every time I see it, I'm like, God, it's just not as good. It's just not as good. It's, it's not, not. It's not Hank Williams Jr. And granted, I didn't know anything about Hank Williams Jr. I didn't know any of his other songs. I probably couldn't tell you any of his songs now. Didn't know he was a country artist. Didn't know any of that stuff. <laughs> I just knew that he sang this one song that was about Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Again, I grew up with Hank Williams Jr. And uh, and so it was. And and so I was just thinking. But do you guys remember? And again, you may not be old enough for this, Tanner. Literally, actually. Um, <laughs> but you, you know how Saturday Night Live does like cold opens. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the commercial is over, and all of a sudden they're into a skit before they've ever said it's Saturday right. Night Live. Right. And it's Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Well, Monday Night Football used to do the same thing. Lauren, do you remember this? I do remember this. God, this was the greatest thing. Like, yeah. It was, it was before DVRs. Like, we had the VCR, but nobody was recording Monday Night Football. Well, maybe some people were, but um, but you would have to get there. Obviously, you had to get there in time. Yeah. And you had to get there early. Yeah. Because you never knew which commercial or show or whatever was going to start. Like, I have this one in my mind that was like this Star Trek like they had the bridge and everything, and all of a sudden this football comes flying in, and now it's like it's the Monday Night Football thing, and it yeah. was the greatest. Thing. And then they kick off with Hank Williams Jr. and um, you know it was long before you're he really got, going back, man. He got kicked off in in 2011, but it was just like I I didn't I don't know I was just I was just thinking about that last night. I was Is like, it that far back? So so it started 20, in '89, and 2011 was the end. 2011 actually it wasn't the end. It was the end because that was when he got all political, and ESPN does not do. Uh, politics like they just don't don't do that and uh, but apparently they brought him back in 2017 to 2019 and they were gonna do it Ah. for the 2021 as well but they decided that um, that uh, I'm here with all my friends on Monday night didn't make sense for stadiums that did not have people in them Mm. and so they they canned him again they got rid of him again but I I didn't even realize like he was back and so I started thinking I was like man I just you know, I was just thinking back to the day, back in the day, back, back in, in my day. day, back, back in the in 90s, my day. when it was the, those cold opens and it was so great. And my wife was like, okay. 
I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, okay. okay. I, know, I know. That's why I told you to shut up. And I, sit know, over there I know. I know. And I'm smiling, taking you it, Brooke. You, you can, know? you can smile and shake your head at us. <laughs> I don't so I don't, I don't want to go down the sports uh, trail. I just want to ask you a question. I'm serious. <laughs> I know we have some Cowboys fans that mm-hmm. listen to our podcast because I'm sure it's America's team. Even our listeners, even our, even our listeners across in, in the area of. No, even our listeners across the country, America's you know, it's America's team. team. So <laughs> um, when do the Cowboys, who look better and better, play your Eagles, who look unbeatable right now, when does that epic battle take place? Again? Again, because we, they already did it once, right? We did it once we, with we our are, backup quarterback. Sure, but yeah. we still got smoked. So no. they did it again. They, they do it for the second Scoreboard. time. Scoreboard. We did not get smoked. <laughs> we lost by nine points. <laughs> Sorry. They, Sorry, Tanner. Uh, Give us a understand. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And and there's gonna and there's like yes. so we're gonna plan our Christmas there's Eve services around this, right? I was literally looking Christmas at the Christmas Eve service is all we're doing is putting. We're the gonna show up. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Merry really Christmas, know. everybody! Start the game, Brooke. That's right. Go. <laughs> I don't really know what happened in the service yesterday because I was looking at the schedule and not listening to Lauren. So that's right. Uh, realizing that it was on Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm actually and... anxious about that game, <laughs> if I might say. Uh, so segue. Now we'll talk about them. Um, yeah, it's Christmas Eve. I was looking at the schedule, and again, not to go down this rabbit trail too far, but both teams don't have like very many big games, difficult games leading up to that. So it could be like a pretty um, interesting game that most people I just don't want to play at Philly in the playoffs. I'm just hoping Philly can lose a couple games. Anyway, okay, um, <laughs> let's move on. Um, okay, so we we talked about uh, we started we started into the series um, mental health. So mental health being a um, being really a big deal, and therefore we needed to uh, address this, especially coming from a place where a church doesn't tend to do this kind of thing. We um, we have in I say we in general uh, a lot of churches or a lot of um, Christian people have have fallen on the well you're not praying enough or you're not following Jesus hard enough or or whatever and if you're if you're struggling with mental health or or it's just not something I deal with and so as we kind of go into it um, as, as you were giving some stats the uh, yesterday um, you said that in 2019 two out of three Americans said that they were anxious or extremely anxious 91 percent of high school and college students were uh, reported consistent or significant levels of anxiety associated with stress and so before we before we like dive into this week's, um, I'm I'm curious what what you guys think here um, about how many people do you feel like are out there that that this does they feel like this is kind of off the wall. It's like oh really it's that big of a deal like yeah and, I mean I know there's some people that deal with it or but are sitting there thinking you know what I, I can't relate I I don't know anybody that's dealing with it um, which makes me go down the road of. I wonder how much this isn't a broken arm or broken leg where you've got a cast or you're in a boot or, uh, you know, you're in a wheelchair or crutches or whatever, where it's obvious that something has happened to you. It's a it's inside your mind. It's not a outwardly Mm -hmm. facing uh, struggle or illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, it's easier to hide. Um, It's easier to just not talk about, especially in a society where we don't we don't like to glorify our. Uh, our struggles, right? We we try to hide those things, and we put on our Instagram face and say, "Look, everything's great." And so, I'm curious, what, you know, how many people you think are actually, um, maybe even actually dealing with something mental health related, um, some version of that. 
but they don't even know that that's what it is mm. or they don't even know what to call it. They're mm. just, they just feel like overwhelmed or stressed or, or whatever. Like how prevalent do you really feel like this is for those that are sitting out there going, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's a great question. Um, I, I have a couple of quick thoughts for, and then I'd love to hear Tanner what you think too. I think first of all, um, first of all, the stats, the stats tell us that it is pervasive. Okay. This is, this is studies done. This is feedback from, um, medical professionals, um, even educators are telling us that that with kids especially. Um, so the stats, e- even if if this particular person or that particular person says, I just don't think this is a big deal, the statistics show us that, okay, then I don't know if you can see or realize how many other people are dealing with this. That's, that's my first take. But secondly, um, you know, I think... Sometimes we just don't know what health looks like. And so uh, this is where my brain went. I, I struggled with uh, allergies. I still do, but I struggled with allergies a lot as a kid. And I, did, um, I took med- medications. I got weekly allergy shots. Um, when I went off to college, I gave myself allergy shots. I still to this day have no idea what difference that made, but, um, I got tested, you know, I had the test. I don't even know if they do this anymore, but mm-hmm. you, you yeah, know, they they, do. all over my back, you know, yeah. and to see which ones, which, which things react. And I grew up with, with significant allergies. Well, I, this is more than what people want to know, but th- I want to make my point. I couldn't breathe through my nose. I can now, but I could, as a kid, I could not breathe through my nose the majority of the time. And so I guess the derogatory term for that is I was a mouth breather. (laughs) Um, But I will, I breathe through my mouth and I breathed a little bit loud and I was always stuffed up and I would be asked as a teenager, especially, or as a young adult, man, what's that like? And I remember going, I, what's what like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. And they, it would be kind of explained to me or brought up to me, and I'd be like, oh, I, you know what? It's, I don't, it's not that bad. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. But the only reason I felt like it wasn't a big deal is because I literally didn't know any different, you know? And now, as I got more into my adulthood, I think I outgrew some of those allergies, maybe moving to different parts of the country. And I, you know, Houston's so bad with allergies, for example, but I'm doing way better here in Wichita Falls. Um, and, I wonder how many people I'm, I'm, I'm taking that logic to the realm of anxiety or to the realm of mental health in general. I wonder how many people are, are mentally unhealthy in some way or another. And you could ask them about it or you could point it out and would go, uh, no, I'm, I'm doing great. Or this, this, I don't know any, what, what do you mean? Like, Cause they can't, they, they don't know what health looks like. If, for example, if you're fairly tightly wound and, and kind of just always a little bit anxious, I think there's a scenario where someone like that goes, isn't that the way everybody is? Mm-hmm. Isn't that normal? I mean, I know people give me a hard time sometimes about this, but I know a lot of other people like this too. Like, isn't this how everybody kind of right. operates? And so that's, that's purely speculation on my part, mm. but I do believe there's a, there's a number of people who know they struggle in different ways or another. I think on the pie chart, there's another big chunk of people who maybe wouldn't self-report. Um, yes, I am mentally unhealthy or yes, I struggle with anxiety or fill in the blank. But if they were given the right questions, 
hey, when this happens, how does this make you feel? Or how do you respond in these situations? This, that's where the statistics come out. Go, yep, yeah, this person's also struggling with this. This person's also mentally unhealthy. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it. That's one of my speculations, if I could say that. Um, and then my final quick thought is, okay, you're in that pie chart chunk that you're mentally healthy for the most part, and you therefore kind of go, why are we talking about this? This mm-hmm. is not that big a deal. Well, I hope you can see and hear that there's a lot of people around you at work, at school, that you care about in your families that do struggle with these things. And even if it's not for you to come out of, it's for you to bless or to to empathize with or to mm. understand. So what what's your take? That's a great question, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't have I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I mean, I think I think you're spot on with uh, with that. The only thing that I would have that I that I maybe could contribute to that specific question or a thought process is that um, there's a difference between uh, unconscious and conscious thought, and so. In the in the psychology, it's kind of weird because I just I literally just went through a psychology course and all this stuff. And um, uh, shocker, I wrestle with a lot of these things that um, we're talking about in this series. So I was really interested in what um, my professor, uh, who was also a, a therapist, had to say about these different things. And um, uh, there, there's these things called attachments that kind of happen in our life, and that happens either f- with a healthy, um, in a, in a healthy way. There's attachments that bring that bring joy. There's things, but it uh, it happens without the conscious mind being aware. So, the the very thing that may cause a person to react or respond to a situation in any particular way, um, that uh, really could happen without a conscious thought. Um, uh, can lead to people believing that okay, it's it's this is what normal life uh, looks like. So, well, I guess what I'm really trying to say is that there are um, there are conscious uh, there's an, a conscious awareness to specific issues and problems that we have that in the mental health realm don't necessarily always present themselves in a physical way you break your arm you have a physical there's a physical sign something is going on um and it tells like you that's that's your cue something is wrong but in the mental health world there are these um unconscious signals that happen that you have to discover how to be aware of and then there are sometimes these conscious things um where it might have led a person to realize, okay, I, I, I can, I would self-identify as struggling with anxiety or struggling with depression or struggling with whatever um, um, sort of mental health issues. Um, but like you may, you may run into a, um, you may run into a, a child. Like it was interesting. I was talking to Lori, our children's ministry director, yesterday after service, and she happens to have a a, a key volunteer on her team, key team member that uh, really her job is wrestling with mental health issues um, uh, in kids. And she was saying that like trauma or things like that might show up in a child's life, not necessarily in a, um, 
in a very physical way or even like maybe using the words anxious or any of that stuff or fear, but they will show up in like a regression of behavior. So they might operate on a lower grade level than what they would typically be or things like that. So there's these, there's these smaller, sometimes intangible signals that happen um, that can give you a clue into uh, do you wrestle with this particular thing? But then also to agree with kind of what you're saying, um, for some, for some of us, we need, we don't know the name of what we're experiencing or what we're feeling. We don't know what to call it. So we just call it normal life. And we think we, Oh, everybody, everybody has that internal anxiousness, but I don't even know what to call it. Do I call that anxiety? Do I call it? What is, what is that? It's just normal. So Sometimes it's sometimes it's offering language that can make sense for people. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I would have to say about it. I, I know I'm jumping ahead here, uh, but I'm really looking forward to one of the weeks coming up where we're going to talk about depression, mm-hmm. um, among other things. The next few weeks we're going to talk about different things. But and um, and uh, spoiler alert, Tanner, I know you're going to be teaching on that subject. Yeah, I'm not putting you on the spot now because preparation still you know, coming, yeah. but that comes to mind similarly mm-hmm. in that I think we're going to have a ton of people in the room going, uh, this is not my issue. And yet, uh, and there's obviously there's a bunch of people that are going to be like, Oh, this is me. Sure. Oh my goodness. In fact, I think if we tell people we're going to talk about depression, I think we're going to have <laughs> X number of people show up or, or tune in as mm-hmm. Brooke, you like to say, <laughs> Brooke likes to say all the time. Yeah. Um, because like, oh my goodness, that's my issue or that's my family member's issue. Yeah. But I still think there's there's a malaise, so to speak, over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a cloud over a chunk of people who don't even realize that they're struggling with something like that subconsciously. Yeah. Or, um, I'll bring it back to, um, there's a podcast episode. Uh, we don't always link other podcasts on our podcast. That's, I don't know if we've only, we've only done that a few times. There is an absolutely amazing podcast. It's way better than the teaching from yesterday at church on anxiety that I want to link for you as listeners. Um, it's good faith, uh, with, uh, uh, David French and Curtis Chang. Uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to regularly and their episode couple, couple or three weeks back, was called Anxiety as Opportunity. Hmm. And um, I'll probably bring that up again in our discussion over the next few minutes. Uh, but I just strong, anybody who is listening today, because you know we're talking about anxiety, or because it just interests you, please take the time to listen to their conversation. It's actually a live podcast recording. There's some, there's some interactive questions with a, a live audience that are great. And Curtis Chang is someone who was a pastor, who had a breakdown, who struggles with anxiety, wrote a book that's coming out this spring that I actually already um, ordered. That's how that's how interested I am in what he has to say. Um, but uh, one of the things he did that I even thought about just copying and doing is uh, he said, you know, in this live audience, he says, how many of you uh, either personally or, or know someone you care about that struggles with anxiety. And he's like, oh my goodness, almost every hand, 90, 95% of the hands, you know, he said went up. Um, 
And then I'll just add this piece too. He asked a couple other questions, but one of the questions he said, how many of you uh, have been told that, how, how do you put it? Um, how many of you have been told, oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up. You should listen to the podcast. But he just, <laughs> in other words, he, he widened it. He said, not just how many of you struggle, but how many of you know somebody else mm-hmm. who struggles. And maybe that's where I would land on that, Brooke, mm. is for someone who goes, wait, why are we talking about this? Okay, maybe you don't think you struggle with this. Do you know anybody? Is there anybody in your family, anybody, anybody in your closer friendship circles that you know struggles with this? And I, I think, I can't, I can't answer for everybody, but I think almost everybody would go, yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, I do know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, it's not like breaking an arm. There's no bones sticking out. There's no cast after the fact on it. Um, yeah, so I went to um, Google, really, and just typed in anxiety stats. And the first website that pops up is the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And um, some of the numbers that they reported is that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States. 40 million or 19% of the population age 18 or older um, deal with that. And only 36% of them actually receive any kind of treatment. Mm. I was like, that is... So it's a common ailment, so to speak. Yes. And it's largely unaddressed. And two-thirds of the people that deal with it don't actually deal with it. And we wonder why there's so much angst around us. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, know? I, th- I, it's a, I, I don't know. Maybe this is not for, maybe it's not everywhere. Maybe this is not every, uh, everywhere in the United States or everywhere in the world, but I think there's just a stigma of if it's not physically seen by mm-hmm. other people, um, we just assume that it's something we can just deal with. You know, I mean, and if you are seeking out help in the right places, I don't know. We reserve. I don't know. I, this is. I don't know if this is a politically correct statement to say. So please forgive me. Give me some grace on it. But um, I think we just think that psychologists and therapists and um, people who can help us professionally in that way are reserved for crazy people. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just, we it, almost as if the ad, it, admitting of, I struggle with this specific issue, be it anxiety or depression or any other form of mental, uh, mental illness, um, says that there's something not just wrong with me, uh, that it needs to be fixed, but that I, something about me is wrong. Um, and I think that's a distinction between physical injury and mental injury. Um, and I, I'll go, I'll be so bold to say this. I have a, I have a sister-in-law who has struggled really hard ever since a car accident that, um, all she has been told by, some family members is, um, we need to fix you. You need to be fixed, mm. which doesn't necessarily help because all that does when you, when you talk about physical injury versus mental injury, there's something that is tied to your person, you know, tied to, um, not just your body, but like who you are, your identity. Yeah. 
And to say to say, hey, I I really have to go. I have to go see a, a counselor. I have to go see a therapist. You know, to get some help um, with these things. Sometimes goes from something is wrong with me to um, I am wrong. Like there is. Uh, who I am is wrong. And it's like, no, that's not really the case. Um, so I, 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 and I'm speculating. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking as an authority on any of that by any means, but, but to, to, to that specific stat of like, it's a huge issue yet only a very small percentage of Mm. people who are uh, affected by this are actually seeking out treatment. I think what is it about our society that is casting this culture of like something in some, you, something about you, who you are is wrong rather than, uh, no, there's, there's a, there's an issue that, that can be fixed. You know, there's, there's a problem that can be corrected or given or given some, at least some mm. tools to manage. Um, it's, it's demeaning. And, um, I don't know. Maybe there's some some of some of our listeners, some of the people that are attending our church, hearing us talk about this, who might admit, "Hey, I have a problem, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go talk to a psychiatrist or a therapist, or I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go get some some help. Why? Because there's been this stigma cast on yeah. them. That um, yeah. To that end, I th- I do think. We're, we're taking this series over several weeks' time. I do think one of my primary goals, one of the reasons I'm the most eager to go here with our church is very simply to normalize mental health mm. tr- challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, to your point, there's a stigma on, on different parts, different issues we're talking about. There's a stigma on depression. There's a stigma on anxiety. Something must be wrong with you. Um, and I think talking about it normalizes it, uh, admitting as a teacher, admitting my own struggles normalizes it. I think I want, I want to normalize seeking out counseling, you know? Um, yes, there's some poor counselors out there, you know, I've had good competent counselors, you know, tell me, oh yeah, you got to be careful, you know? Um, just like, you know, oh, don't take your car to that place. They'll charge you triple and jack Mm -hmm, you up. mm -hmm. But there's also some really good auto mechanics, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, there's some experts in the way our minds work and dealing with past traumas and, and just trying to better understand why I struggle in this way or that way. And I want to normalize going to see a counselor. There's, it's a little bit generational, I think, but there's a stigma on, I've got, I've got friends, typically older friends, but even some younger friends who go, I'm not going to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. crazy Mm -hmm. that's for crazy people that's Mm -hmm. for jacked up people and i like to smile and nod my head yeah like me Hmm. yeah (laughs) you know it's for it's for all of us i've my friends at cr celebrate recovery Mm -hmm. constantly are like this is for everybody i don't know anybody who's a part of celebrate recovery who has told me yeah this is only for the most jacked up people Mm -hmm. this is only for hardcore addicts right i've never heard anybody at cr tell me that i've heard Countless people at Celebrate Recovery say the whole church should be in here with right. us. Yeah, uh, pastors should be in here with mm-hmm. us. And so, um, real quick, just a shout out to our CR ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you're struggling, it's it's a great place to be where people are actually honest 
and, and really being intentional to deal with these hard things. Um, I do want to shift gears and back to this podcast episode that's well worth your time. Um, and I, I don't think either one of you guys have listened to it yet. Mm-hmm. I strongly recommend it. One of the things he says that this broadens it too, to make this about everybody. He says, uh, Curtis Chang on this podcast says that anxiety, in his opinion, is an incredible opportunity for growth. Um, don't we all want to grow? Don't we all want to become more like Jesus? Don't we all, as disciples of Jesus, don't we all want to see more and more work in us done that changes us into more mature, more Christ-like people? He's like, I'm not going to say it as well, but just a little teaser to listen to this. He's like, this is the gift of anxiety. It sounds Mm -hmm. really weird. And it, you know, (laughs) he says, but anxiety, if it's, if it's challenge, if it's difficulty and it draws us to more dependence on God, it it forces us to cry out to the Lord. And, and it's, it's an, another opportunity to take up our cross and die to self. It's another opportunity. Whereas let's go the opposite direction. I have no anxiety. I have tons of confidence in myself and all, all things are good. Well, in that moment anyway, where's the opportunity for growth? Mm. I, I'm not going to lean into the Lord. I'm, I used to joke as, as a younger guy, like Michael Jordan, what are the odds of him coming to Christ? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he's got the world at his feet. Everything's great. Now, maybe, maybe not everything was great. That's my assumption behind the scenes, but Tom Brady lately, great example. You know, we think, oh, he's living the dream. Now he's struggling. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, like when things are hard, the positive spin on that, and I don't think this is a trite, you know, unhelpful thing to say, is it's, a, it's, it's another gift for growth. Paul even talks about it. Paul said, man, I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've asked the Lord multiple times to take it away, and he won't. And yet he was open very much to the possibility of, man, this, this is keeping me humble. This mm-hmm. is, this is making it where I have to continue to lean into the Lord. And, and he didn't say this, but, but I think, I don't think it's a leap to think that's part of what made Paul who he was when he was able to be downright cocky about Jesus, but, but incredibly humble about his own shortcomings, yeah. his own depravity. And of all sinners, I'm the worst. I think that thorn in the flesh even kept him grounded, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe one you know, long way to come around to your initial question, Brooke, is, man, in some ways, everybody struggles with anxiety. If anxiety, I, I heard uh, somebody I was talking to yesterday was listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast. And uh, I don't want to go down the Jordan Peterson rabbit hole. He's a very influential person, kind of controversial in our culture. But one of the things he quoted was that Peterson defines anxiety as where the gap between expectation and reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard somebody else define frustration is the gap between you know expectation and reality. But if if anxiety is in that in that in that language, if anxiety is the gap between expectation and reality and the struggles that come from that unmet expectation. Who does that apply to? I would say roughly 8 billion people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of us. So if you want to mm-hmm. use th- that language, everybody struggles with anxiety. We all struggle with unmet expectation and the frustration, the anxiousness that comes from that. 
and what do we do with it? I, I think I think that's what I would say, mm-hmm. Brooke, to someone who goes, ah, what are we, why are we talking about this? Yeah. Well, and another thing I read was that it, it's uh, repeatedly throughout this website was they were talking about that that there there are co occurrences that this that anxiety is not usually just by itself, but it's also including with. Um, mm. you know, depression or OCD or something, you know, something else that's, you know, uh, panic anxiety, you know, panic yeah. or social anxiety or whatever. They're, they're not just, oh, you just have that one thing. You just deal with that one, yeah. that one issue, but yeah. that they, that they compound basically. Um, and, and that, and that it like, like 32% of 13 to 18 year olds are dealing with untreated anxiety. And that leads to, you know, poor performance in schools and missing out on a lot of things that they could be a part of, but also to substance abuse. And so how many people do we know, you know, firsthand that are dealing with substance abuse things? And maybe you could think back to another time when it may have just come from some version of anxiety or a depression or or something Mm -hmm. that they just learned to cope in that way. And that's how they cope with it now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, can I throw in one other thought about about we're, we're not doing our people uh, any favors if we don't not just normalize some some counseling opportunities, some experts, but one we'll put in the show notes uh, our referral list here at Colonial for local Christian counselors. Um, I want to double down on that. Uh, I'll be this vulnerable to say. Um, well, I'm not going to say who it is, but I've got a dear person in my life. Uh, I'll respect her, uh, her confidence. Um, I've got a dear person in my life who really, really struggles with anxiety. And um, to the point where I, I don't understand it. I can't relate to it. And uh, she has seen a, a Christian counselor, I want to say, three times. This is going to sound too good to be true. Three times. Uh, she is on some very, 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 very mild medication that she shared with me that I know about. Um, and in a few weeks time, she is, you can see a difference in her countenance. Um, she's just doing so much better. And so, um, I'm not saying there's a magic pill out there for everything. I'm not saying you can go to a counselor two or three times and get all your problems fixed. I am saying it's just one more story one more anecdote that there are some people who really understand and know how things work and can really help in a way that your best friend who listens well maybe can't really help you in a way that a pastor really can't help you, you know. Um, we'll, we'll, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about dealing with past trauma uh, in a few weeks and uh, man, the things I've discovered even recently about EMDR um, therapy, uh, which we'll get into the, the specifics of that down the road, uh, is incredible. Like people with PTSD and, and other major traumatic events in their lives have seen um, some experts literally a handful of times, four times, six times, 12 times, and gone through this specific EMDR treatment that's only been discovered in the last two or three decades and are no longer diagnosed with PTSD. Like this is, this is groundbreaking work in the world of, of soldiers coming back from war, uh, which we've got people in our community like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people who have dealt with with rape and other just horrific past traumas that it has been life changing. And um, that is a gift from above. Uh, and that's not just some kind of out out of the box secular. I think that's a gift from above. God has said, here's how the brain works. Here's here's the discovery that's going to help you deal with that. And so, man, I just can't say strongly enough. You don't need to be you don't need to fit in that little, tiny little box of insanity to go see a counselor. Um, I tell couples I'm doing two weddings in the next three months. And I've told both couples, yeah, premarital counseling is really important. This is good. This is important. And I've told both those couples strongly, you need counseling again in 18, 24 months when you get your feet under you and you have actually hard stuff to work through together. And then you know what? You need to have a checkup every once in a while. And there's going to be a season in your marriage where you're going to need to dive in for six months weekly with a counselor. That's, that's to be expected. That's normal. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. just health. Um, and I just don't think a lot of people think that way, but I just feel really strongly about it. I wonder how much to get to, to Sunday in your message, you talk about, um, anxiety, not being a sin. Um, I wonder how many of us feel like the, um, the, the, the mental illness or struggle that we have in some version of, of that anxiety, depression or whatever is based out of sin or is something that we did wrong and therefore keeping us from seeking out any kind of help or um or whatever because it's like oh well it's not about that then i'm just gonna have to Mm. rehash the things that i've done wrong in my life um Mm -hmm. but to think about it differently as as not a sin and as something that you're a you know just like the flu or covid or whatever that you, it's like okay well you get that and you go and you deal with it you go yeah. and you get medicine you go and you seek treatment of some sort whatever that looks allergies you you seek out the shots or the antihistamines or whatever mm-hmm. um i think about you, you shared the same the same kind of example for me it was glasses i didn't realize that everybody <laughs> s- didn't see like i saw like i just expected that we all could see that that's the shape of a tree but one of my kids had the same experience she finally got glasses and she's like why why didn't you make me do this sooner i'm like we didn't know you couldn't see you didn't complain you didn't say anything about it (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i i i i I think um this the idea of anxiety as a sin uh or or signal as you kind of put it on the weekend um I think back to like <clears throat> we're taught to sort of like fear certain moments and anxiety is not necessarily fear. So I want to say that too. like to be anxious doesn't necessarily mean you're fearful of something like um, it can be. It can be an expression of anxiety and all those different things. But I think we are um, sort of indoctrinated at an early age. I think about like um, the moments of. Like how many times do you get a text message? You may have even said this on Sunday. I I may be blending conversations, but um, how many times do you get a text message from somebody that says we need to talk, and all of a sudden you're like, what about? What do you mean? You know, like, can we do it now? Um, I don't want to wait till tomorrow, or heaven forbid, we have to have a couple of days. Like, there's this anxiety that kind of builds up within us, and I think sometimes in our in our parenting, we can tend to input anxious thoughts into our kids in the ways that we handle certain situations. 
Um, like I think back to just wait till your dad gets home, you know, or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that where, um, my anxiousness, the anxiety that I felt in that moment was probably directly linked to a decision I made. Um, and there was going to be an outcome of that. And I was not sure what the outcome was going to be. Um, and so, uh, there's a lack of clarity on ex- like expect my expectation of what was going to happen may not have been reality. Um, I also think about, we've talked about, I, I was listening to a podcast, um, on this specific thing as well in that high school later, later in the high school years, we have all this, um, we, we tend to input anxiety into our high school students about, well, you've got to make the decision right now to choose what you're going to be and who you're going to, because this is, this is going to define the rest of your life. Mm. You got to pick the right college. And if you don't pick the right college, you're miss you're, you're going to miss it. You know, and there's this all this anxiety built up in them. It's like the reality of it is go to a good school. Just go to a school. You the know, right, the right major. The yeah, right exa- job. All, all of those things. The, what the right spouse. It's, it's, and it's yeah. And so we we build this into one another over time. And it's all I mean, mostly it's all in the aspect or vein of we want we want to see people succeed. We want to see our kids succeed. Um, but we put out these expectations and that may not be reachable or feasible at the time. Um, you know, you, if you thank God, I don't think the same way I did when I was 17, 18. Um, if you'd asked me what I was going to do then, who I was going to be, I would have probably really hard pushed back against what I'm currently doing. (laughs) There's no absolutely no way I would be doing this. Um, and I, I just think we built, can build that anxiety. And so it can be linked to this tendency to feel like, you know, if you're a Christian, the, the language of sin, anxiety is, it's a sin to feel anxious or it's a sin, or it may be, you know, the outcome of sin in your life, the reason you feel anxious I think sometimes it's just put into us at an early age mm. um, without realizing we're doing that. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's, I think that's one, that's one aspect. Um, but again, it's all, it's also these, un, these intangibles, you know, I, I can think, I think back um, to about six, maybe six years ago where um I can. I, I have this moment specifically in my mind. Um, we were Shelby and I were. We we'd only had we had Ella, and we hadn't had Easton yet, our middle kid. And uh, my family every Sunday we used to get together. I would drive to Oklahoma, drive from here to Oklahoma, which is about thirty five minute drive, and we would go. We'd head north, and we would have dinner with my family. And I remember this one specific Sunday loading up in the vehicle heading down the road. And all of a sudden I told Shelby, I need to pull over. I think I'm going to throw up. And she's like, what is happening? Are you sick? No, I'm not sick. I, something, I, I feel nauseous and dizzy and I feel, I feel like I'm going to, I think, I think I'm going to vomit. Um, and we pull over the side of the road and I'm trying to breathe and I'm kind of having a panic attack a little bit, you know, and 
she's like, what happened? I'm like, I just feel really anxious all of a sudden to the point of like physically making myself sick. And she's like, well, what's going on? What are you thinking about? I'm like, well, nothing in particular, really. Like, I don't, not thinking about anything. Um, and the more I have gone on, that that's the first time I really felt like panic attack, anxiety, th- those are a little, a little bit different in certain areas. Um, but th- that's the primary moment where I, s- I saw these things kind of manifesting in my life. And the more I have gone on trying to understand what's happening with me, I- I'm now on some anxiety medication and um, some of those things to manage manage that. And as I've had conversations with um, with a therapist and a counselor, um, I'm understanding that like there's these 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 um, attachments early on, or these unconscious sort of things that are picked up by our minds that induce these sort of moments. Um, so to hear you say on Sunday, Lauren. Jesus was the perfect person. Um, He didn't do anything wrong. And yet we see him at the feet of God going, is there any other way? Hmm. Is there any, please, please, is there any other way to do this? Hmm. Knowing fully what's about to happen, all those things. I don't know. How can you say anxiety is a sin when you see the perfect, perfect person of Jesus wrestling with what seems to be incredible anxiety, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you caught that major point in my teaching Tanner. Yeah. You're welcome. That's great. (laughs) And also you, you nailed it. I, if nothing else normalizes anxiety for us, Mm -hmm. it's that God in the flesh expressed incredible angst, you know? Um, I, I think this may be a good place to wrap up because some of what I hear you saying even clarifies, something I want to, I want to point out, uh, cause we're going to talk about worry mm-hmm. and somebody's somebody, probably a chunk of people are like, Whoa, Whoa, we just talked about being anxious. In fact, Philippians four that I quoted one English translation says, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. present your request to God. Another English translation. In fact, the NLT that we normally read says, don't worry about anything. So a, a normal question is now and will be, especially when we talk about worry soon, it's going to be like, whoa, whoa, we already talked about worry. And my understanding, at least language-wise, the way I want to differentiate between the two, is worry is a lot more what's up here in our mind and the things we're dwelling on. Anxiety, if it's the whole body. Yeah. It's, it's You just described a, a panic attack mm-hmm. or, or an anxious mm-hmm. attack. And it, you're like, I'm not really thinking about anything, but my body's freaking out, mm-hmm. you know? And to that end, I think this is a good place to land, uh, Brooke, is when we're talking about anxiety and how many people are struggling with this, I think to recognize that this is, in so many key ways, it's physical. It's not all physical because it's all tied together to past you know, things we've experienced and the way we think and all that kind of stuff. But, but if, if it's tied to our bodies, all the more reason to go to an expert who understands the human body. This is where medications come into play. Mm-hmm. This is where, where good counselors can say, hey, here's some physical exercises you can do. This is where taking care of your body, working out, has a direct impact, I believe, on anxiety. 
taking mm-hmm. better care of your body, sleeping better, eating better. And I think that's where I just, I want so much for us to embrace, okay, we've got to have a holistic approach to mental health. Yeah, It's not just what does the Bible say in this particular passage or right. in, in all these passages. It's what does God have to say about it, first and foremost. And, and let's address the whole thing holistically. How can we take better care of ourselves, lean into some expert help, uh, be in community and not isolated, um, all those things. I think that's a good place to land um, today, Brooke. Well, we obviously have um, several more weeks coming uh, in this in this series where we have talked about dealing with worry and depression and um, past trauma and um, uh, some other things that I'm not even sure. Some burnout, about. burnout. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one too. Um, what can we What can we look forward to um, this week, uh, this weekend coming up? Um, I know that even if you're not going to go there, we still have a lot of things coming up this weekend. Um, even if we don't get into what we're gonna what we're gonna cover in the message, right? What we're we looking to, forward to. Well, I, I think um, a couple a couple mentions to wrap up. Um, I mentioned yesterday we're gonna have some guests. Uh, I am very thankful that um, three different people have agreed to uh, to do some guest interviews for us that have some some unique frontline uh, experience, frontline uh, expertise on dealing with um, these different issues we're going to be talking about. So, and I will point those out over the next few weeks, but if you're a pod, if you're a regular podcast listener, you can, you can count on some really helpful stuff. Um, as far as the church goes too, I, man, don't forget 10 AM are, are, we're shifting to our one weekly gathering on Sunday mornings at 10 AM. Uh, this Sunday, we're going to get the word out best we can through all of our social media platforms and, texts and emails and stuff like that. But if you could help us spread the word to anybody you care about, your friends, your group members, um, people you know from Colonial. Uh, also, uh, we're going to go serve together after church this Sunday. We've done it as a surprise a few times, but now that we've got got you know kind of a, a, a annual rhythm, specifically preparing Thanksgiving meals, we just want to be open and, hey, let's do this. Let's all rally. So if you are at Colonial, uh, campus on Sunday morning at 10. Uh, we're going to have a, a normal full service, tackle some mental health uh, issues biblically, uh, worship together, and then we're all going to be sent out with some pretty clear instructions on how to provide some some meals for people in need. Great thing to do with your family. Great thing to do with a few friends. Uh, if you're not even connected that well, great thing to just tag along with some people. Um, and so I think that's enough to kind of put on everybody's uh, on everybody's calendars and minds coming into this weekend. It's I'm look I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Um time change and uh Is that this weekend? Mm-hmm. My favorite night of the year. Extra <laughs> hour sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's little things, Brooke. It it's is. little things. You know, it is. It is. I can live with that. Um so yeah, time change, time change here at the church, our serve our service times, our gathering times and uh and then going out to serve. Um, so if people show up at Am I doing the math right? People show up at 11 accidentally, you know, for the 11 a.m. service. They're going to be right on time. No, that's in no, my backwards. All the way around. If they show up on time <laughs> for our 10 a.m. service, they will be showing up at the time that they normally show up, which is 11. Well, the good thing at least, is... At least... You know, oh, I see. But the good thing is it, most of us are not... Uh, 
I, I'm speculating here, but most of us are are waking up from alarms on our devices that isn't automatically it, do this. Isn't that funny? We're I'm not, old. We're not waking up from the microwave yes. clock in <laughs> the kitchen. Yeah, we're yeah. Not the old analog clock two. over my kitchen. Yes. I, yes. I'm I'm totally dating myself. Everybody my age and older is like, oh my goodness, tell everybody the time's going to change. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget. And everybody younger than me is like, uh, it all happens automatically. That's right. Old guy. What's yeah, your problem? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't oh, even notice it. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot. Okay. There was an era where mm-hmm. we all mm-hmm. missed the boat on that. Mm-hmm. You know, It was also <laughs> when we were singing songs with Hank Williams Jr. in Monday Night Football. Yes. That's right. It may have been and about crazy, the same. Crazy songs like Shout to the Lord. You know? <laughs> there you so go. That, that's back in the day. Back in the day. Bringing it back. Okay, well, this has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app in the Google Play Store or the App Store. We would love to hear from you. Um, How is mental health uh, affecting your life or those around you? What is what is this meaning to you? Um, Send us your questions. Send us your feedback, your thoughts. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. We're going to pick up a conversation again next week. Hope you guys have a great week and Merry Christmas, Tanner. Thank you.